Welcome to the podcast, Facing the Facts, the path to gaining control, accessing power, and ultimately creating a life of abundance. I'm your guide, Tony Leprino, here with a new episode, how leveraging the power of your voice and your story can lead to personal growth and transformation. And this episode is for every entrepreneur who wants to take their life and their business to the next level of success. And I'm joined on the show today with a very special guest, Margie Feldholm. Before I bring Margie on to the show, I want to share more about who she is and what she does. Margie is the co-owner of Interview Connections, and this is the first leading podcast booking agency. Margie and her business partner, Jessica, led an in-house staff of 13 employees in their Rhode Island office and have successfully scaled the agency to seven figures. Margie joined the company in 2016 as a contractor, becoming the first employee in 2017 and equal co-owner in 2018. She's helped to quickly scale the business in designing and implementing systems to increase revenue, streamline operations, and achieve the highest quality client experience. Margie has taken the creative role of the agency as well, co-hosting and producing podcasts and video content for the company. Margie is active in animal rescue and organizes a yearly fundraiser called Act for Animals. In 2019, she was recognized for her efforts in the Humane Heroes Award, When she's not busy rescuing pets in need, you can find her listening to true crime podcasts or strolling around the town with her blind Maltese, Harold. Welcome to the show, Margie. Thanks for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Tony, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Awesome. You know, I know we're we're in the midst of a crazy time here with the coronavirus. And, you know, I think this episode couldn't come at a better time uh, in chatting with you on how to leverage, really how to leverage your voice and how to leverage your story to create personal growth inside of your business. And I really want to start out by talking about your story, how, you know, there was one part of it and you came from a place where grief and loss empowered you to be an entrepreneur and has really carried you over the last few years. And let's start there. Where'd you come from? How'd you get where you are? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to take us back to 2015. I was living in Taipei, Taiwan as an English teacher. I'm very passionate about travel. And after I graduated from college, I decided I wanted to live in Asia and be an English teacher. So in 2015, I had been living in Asia for two years at that point. And I got a call from my mom on Skype at 5 a.m. her time, which is not a good sign, um, saying, your dad's dead. He killed himself. And as you can imagine, my entire life fell apart. I'm an only child. I'm very close with both my parents. And living in Taiwan for two years was by far the longest I had ever been away from my parents. I went to college in Rhode Island, where I'm from. I mean, I really didn't go far from them. We were really, really tight-knit. So That was my life really fell apart and I had to plan an international move. And I also, my dad was a hoarder. So he was really intelligent, really smart and funny, a very successful lawyer, but he had this kind of other side, this, these mental health issues and this giant house that needed to now be cleaned out. So I was kind of dealing with all of my grief and my life falling apart and, you know, the culture shock of moving suddenly from Asia back home to Rhode Island in what was a very cold winter in 2015. Um, 
and taking on this huge project of figuring out how to clean this hoarded house. And it was definitely the worst thing that ever happened to me, but it also was where I got everything that my life is now, everything positive. That really was my first business without even realizing it. And having to come out of that and process my grief and, you know, deal with my issues and, and overcome this huge project and accomplish it really did set the tone for everything in my life now that I'm so grateful for. Wow. So much to unpack right there. I mean, from, first of all, how do you end up from, (laughs) from Rhode Island to Taiwan teaching, right? Did you go to school to teach? No, not at all. I, um, I was a double major in Latin and art. So my mom likes to tell me that I double my chances of being unemployed, which I am because I own a business now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I just, those were things that I liked to doing and I wasn't really thinking ahead. And I, I studied abroad to study painting Florence when I was in college. And that's when I really got obsessed with travel. I ended up canceling my ticket home, which my parents were not thrilled about, but they later came around. And I backpacked for two months after the semester ended in Italy. And I traveled on the trains all around Europe. And really, that's when my love of travel really was ignited. And I wanted to travel again as soon as I possibly could. So I got home from Italy and I had my senior year of college left and I spent the whole time researching core and teaching English and all the different options to live abroad. And then teaching English was the easiest because if you're a native English speaker, you really don't need a lot of teaching training at a lot of places in a lot of countries. And then I was between South America or Asia because I had never been to those two continents. And then I narrowed it down and ended up in Taiwan, which really, I didn't know anything about Taiwan. I think most people think Taiwan and Thailand are the same place. Right. right. <laughs> but yeah, so I didn't really know anything about the country and I moved there. Wow. Absolutely amazing. I mean, just to have, just, I mean, just to dare to leave and just go. I mean, that's huge. I mean, from, from a, from a young kid uh, coming out of high school and into college and just saying, you know what, I want to travel let's go, let's go do this. And you just followed it and just went wherever you wanted to go. And that's a, that's an amazing experience that, you know, most just wouldn't even think of taking and even, even dare to take. Right. And especially, and then we go into the love of your, you know, the connection, you were a single child, right. And Mm -hmm. being so connected with your parents and so close to them, and then saying, you know what, I'm going to follow my dream, my love to travel, and I'm going to go do this. And then by doing it, while you're there, the biggest tragedy of your life happens. Your dad takes his life. Wow. Wow. So when you, how, how do you, how do you, how do you overcome something like that? How do you overcome? Because that's one of the hardest things that, you know, even though we know that we have to face it and that we're all going to pass at some point in time, that's one of the only guarantees in life is that we're all going to die, right? You just don't, you just Mm -hmm. don't know when. And then when somebody takes their life, especially somebody that's so close to you, being so young, how do you, how do you overcome all that and continue to move forward? 
I think what I would say, especially to people who are wondering, like, I, how could I deal with that or deal with anything? Honestly, before it happened, I felt the same way. Like my biggest fear was losing one of my parents. And anytime I met someone who had lost a parent, I would always be like, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they like are functioning and laughing and joking around, like, or going on with their life at all. Like I really felt that way. Um, the person who can handle that, the version of you who can handle it really doesn't come to being until it happens. And I think that's the biggest thing that I realized and that other people should realize. So if you're feeling anxious about your future or can you handle this, can you take this stuff on? You don't need to feel worried about it because that version of you will be there when you need them, especially if you're working on personal development and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a really good point because, you know, with unstable times where we are today, you just don't know. And that fear of the future uh, can be crippling and it can be really difficult to overcome. I know I've experienced that in, in my life and that stress and the pressure and the anxiety and the fear of losing and all that stuff has really comes to fruition. But at the end of the day, all you really have is the moment that you're in. You, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. The past is the past. You cannot go back. So all you really have is what I referred to is the power now. And it's something that I tried to try to stay ahead of and stay on that, on that path uh, when fear and when anxiety comes along. So, you know, that's a really, that's a really good point. Uh, and a really good part to, for our listeners to remember is that in tough times, you're right. You don't, you know, you don't know. And the, the version of you will show up uh, that needs to, to overcome those types of things so you can keep moving. So, so you kept moving through this tough time what was next? What was, what was, what was the next step for you to continue to, to go and, and not necessarily get out of the grief, uh, or get out of the tough time? How did you move on? And, and what was the next step for you? Yeah. So I moved home. I spent five and a half months cleaning out the house. And then I, I actually had a hard deadline on the house clean, which was really helpful. I think that allowed me to get it done, um, faster than if it had been able to stretch on. And then I moved to Colorado with my partner at the time because that had been the plan before my dad died. Um, he had gotten into grad school there and I was like, okay, I guess we just keep going with the plan. So the house is clean. And then I moved, left Rhode Island and went to Colorado. And in a lot of ways, that was not great, but it got me where I am now. So there, it was very challenging in retrospect to leave all my support, like to leave my mom and to go somewhere where I didn't know anyone. I didn't have a job. I had nothing going on there to be so deep in grief. And then also by focusing on the house clean, as soon as I got home every day for five and a half months, it almost hadn't hit me. Like I was processing my grief, but I was also so focused. And then once I got to Colorado, I had no support. I had no job. I had nothing to focus on. And it really hit me. And it was very challenging, but it led me to really get clear about what I wanted. And I wanted to, I was very, I wanted to be home. Like I just wanted to be in the house. I didn't really want to talk to people. I got very isolated because I didn't feel like I was so in it when something like that happens to you and it's kind of fresh. 
that's what's going on in your life. So you can't really make small talk. You can't answer like, how are you doing? What's going on with you without taking the conversation to a very heavy place. So I just kind of stopped. I didn't want to meet new people. I didn't really know how to relate to people anymore or how to explain who I was now. And one of the things that happened, that was a very tough time. And my, the relationship I had at the time did not survive that level of grief that I was going for, going through, which really was for the best. But what did happen is I realized I didn't want to work outside the house anymore. I did not have four wheel drive. I was living in Colorado. I was driving to the sales job And my car had spun out like multiple times because we had to, you know, nothing shuts down in Colorado with the snow. It's just normal. And you're from Maine, you know, (laughs) but but I, I was like, I am not, I'm not going to go risk my life for this job. I don't like, and I didn't like being an employee anyway. I never had, which was deeply concerning to me because I was like, wow, I'm just not functional. Like I I get so bored in jobs and I want to quit. And I thought that was a real personality defect. But I heard about remote work and I was like, I want to work from home. Like being able to be home with my cats and work on my computer in sweatpants. Like right now, that's literally all I need. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah. And so I, and I, if you're not used to remote work, it sounds like this incredible thing. Now everybody's used to it, even if they weren't working from home before. But the idea that you could make money working from home and it wasn't like a scheme, you know, was, was kind of new. And at least to me. So I found a remote job. My now business partner and I had worked together at a previous job when I was just out of college And when my dad died, we reconnected because I posted on Facebook, I was still in Taiwan and I desperately needed people to come take pets because my mom had left the house. She just couldn't handle it. She was staying with a friend and they had pets there. So she was going to feed them and stuff, obviously, but I really, I couldn't get home yet. And I needed people to foster these animals and take care of them. So I wouldn't have to worry about them while we were dealing with everything else. And she was someone who stepped up and said, I'll I'll come pick up a cat. So she ended up taking my dad's cat kitten and adopting her. She still has her now. And that's how we reconnected and got into each other's algorithms. So I was on Facebook and I saw her post hiring for remote agents. At that time, the agents were contractors for interview connections. And I was like, perfect. (laughs) I want to work from home. Wow. Absolutely amazing. Are you... Are you a believer in that everything happens for a reason? Yes, absolutely. And every time I've thought like, for some reason, it's so much easier to look back and see that. But when you're in it, you're like, nope, this is off course. This is definitely not what I ordered. But it's like, you're on the course. Even when something that feels like a huge breakdown is happening and you're like, this isn't what I asked for. Like I asked to be a millionaire. It's like, this is your path to being a millionaire. (laughs) Right, right. I mean, that's... That's such a, I mean, your story is amazing and your path is amazing because, you know, even in the midst of the, even in the midst of the biggest grief and all the things that are happening, you still took a chance and said, I'm going. And you went up to Colorado and you just go to Colorado with nothing, with absolutely nothing, no plans, no anything. And that is just so huge. And then to sit there and say, this isn't working. It's not working for me. And things are really difficult probably feeling a lot, but just feeling probably 
really lonely at the time, I'm sure, mm-hmm. and stuck in saying, how am I going to get myself out of this? I don't. This isn't what I want. This isn't what I signed up for. It's one of the worst times in my life. How can I find the light, right? There's no growth and there's nothing that happens without pain ever in your life. And it's a hard concept to grasp. And, and you just you just took a hold of it and said, it's not working for me. This is what I want. So it's really, that's, that's one of the parts that I want to talk about is one of the hardest things to do. And I know in, from my own experience in just chasing and chasing businesses, because, you know, that's one thing that we do is we get, you get stuck, you get in the trap, you get in the, the American dream, right? And you're following all this, you've gone to college, you're, you're buried in debt, you got to come out on the other side of it. And you're just chasing, you're chasing, you chase, and you come to realize that it's just, it's not, it's not working. None of this stuff is working for you. My life is not fulfilled. I don't have joy in it. I'm lost. I'm stuck. Um, you know, I just feel really lonely. And you stopped and said, what do I want? So talk to me about the process of how did you come to the, the fruition to say, this is what I want? Because it is not easy to come to the place and say, this is what I want. Yeah, I think the thing to remember is like retelling the story now, it seems more impressive, but at the time, like the path to success is messy. Like it, I wasn't, I didn't have a cape on and I was like, this is what I'm doing. I mean, I was like crying. I was fighting with my boyfriend at the time. I mean, like it, it didn't, it wasn't pretty, but I really, it was more born out of like, I can't take it anymore. Like I'm not going to keep driving to this job that I hate. I want a remote opportunity. And then because I put that out there and asked for it, it popped up. Like, And that's really asking for what you want. And I think a lot of good stuff is born out of just being fed up and being unwilling to do what you were doing before. And that's honestly most of my accomplishments and like the reason I'm so on top of my mindset and personal development is because I spent most of my life being miserable, negative, depressed, anxious, and I just couldn't take it anymore. And that's what got me to this next level of doing all this personal work and, and which has been really incredible. So really being that miserable was a blessing too, because if I had been like doing okay, it would not have pushed me to go deeper and to really do that development. So yeah, I'm not sure. I do think there is some type of like divine inspiration too, when you're like at rock bottom and you're like, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. And then hearing about remote work and then putting it out there that I wanted to find a position and then seeing it on Facebook, it all happened really pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, when you say the work that you've done in your personal growth and transformation, what specifically, what specifically do you do in those, in those difficult times? Because if you're not doing the work to come out of those, to come out of those situations, you're not, you're not in a place to even be willing in and in even awake enough to see the opportunity to come on to something that you really wanted, which was working from home. If you hadn't done that personal growth, number one, share with me what are the things that you do? And number two, do you think that if you hadn't done the work, would you have ever even felt like you had been in the place to see that opportunity to work and do your transformation and connect with your current business partner? Yeah, if I hadn't done that work, I wouldn't have seen the opportunities because when you are just, your world gets so small when you're really negative and you're avoiding things and it it gets smaller and smaller and smaller and you don't, 
you don't even see the opportunities and they don't see you. So I've done a lot of different stuff. I um, struggled when I was younger a lot with depression and anxiety. So I've done therapy, which I highly recommend. Um, that type of deep work with a really good therapist of like reparenting your inner child and processing trauma is so good. Um, I love that you said The Power of Now because that book by Eckhart Tolle, I actually discovered in college. And that was really my first glimpse into spirituality and presence. I don't think I was ever really present before reading that book. And it wasn't it didn't flip a switch. Like when I was reading it, I would feel so present for the first time yeah. and I would really tap into something. And then I close it and I go and be unconscious and, you know, negative and stuff. So yeah. it's, don't get discouraged if it's not like flipped a switch. Like I'm perfect now. Like I've evolved. I'm enlightened. No. It really is a everyday thing of like choosing this instead of choosing that. Like it, and it doesn't mean no matter how much work you do, you still are going to get caught up and still get negative sometimes, but it's just like choosing sometimes every minute, okay, I'm going to do this instead of this and working on those pathways in your brain. So it gets easier and easier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the, just the, the same thing, the same thing, exactly the same thing happened, but it, yours came earlier than mine. Mine was probably two years ago and I did not grow up as part of an organized religion. I did not grow up in any type of spiritual being or any of it, any of it. I didn't believe in any of it. And it wasn't a, a, the least part of my life. And The Power of Now was the first book. And it's it's crazy as you say that because that was the t first time that I said, wow. And it made me stop. And I've read it multiple times and I continue to go back to it. Um, but it's not a switch. You know, it's a constant evolution. It's a constant learning, which is the best part of all of it is because you can constantly, but the biggest thing is Number one is becoming aware of it and saying to yourself, this isn't working. There's got to be something yeah. more. Most, I would say, are so unconscious and just go through the motions of life and just accept the fact that this is the way it's supposed to be. And it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, I totally agree. And I relate because I didn't, I also wasn't raised with any type of organized religion and always really almost it sounds arrogant, but kind of thought I was too smart for that. Like, like, oh, please. Okay. Like some guy in the sky is helping you. And I didn't, yes. <laughs> and in my own, I, I was, so I was miserable, but yes. I was so smart. And, and also organized religion really didn't resonate with me and the way that the power of now and stuff like that did. So it's, they're signposts to similar states and it's okay if something doesn't work for you. It's okay if like going to church doesn't resonate with you, yep. but maybe pick up a book and really it's all pointing to the same state. Stuff. So whatever mm -hmm. language is helpful for you to get there. Right. Absolutely. There's no, there's no one way and there's no specific place that you have to be to have that's all figured out. Everybody's different. And that's what, that's what's so wonderful about this whole thing is that, you know, we're all different. We all have our own perspectives and that's what makes us, that's what makes everybody beautiful, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, so, okay. So you, you, you connect with your, 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 your old business partner, your home, you're working from from home. You're in a place that you you want. What was next? So let's talk about what was the next step into this for you. So the next step was um, being in Colorado. Really did prove to not be a fit. The relationship I was in wasn't a fit, and I really couldn't be in a relationship right then. The dealing with everything and the grief with my dad. I just 
could not show up at that time in a relationship the right way. Like I was difficult to deal with really. And so we ended up, that relationship ended and I moved back to Rhode Island to kind of move in with my mom and and lick my wounds, which felt like a new rock bottom. It was like, I kept hitting (laughs) new rock bottoms. So that was a new rock bottom. I was like, you know, 27, moved in with my mommy, (laughs) but I had this remote job booking guests on podcasts. So I was able to keep working even though I moved. So, and it really listening to our clients on podcasts, because I would research my clients so that I could get my messaging right in the pitch. I would listen to the interviews they were doing. And it opened my mind up to what was possible because these people, these entrepreneurs in all these different areas, it wasn't just one type of business in any type of thing you could think of, were creating these incredible lives for themselves and this incredible wealth and building these amazing companies in all these different areas and hearing their stories and how they got there. It really transformed my thinking. And I really, that's when I was really like, I want to, I want a business. And it didn't happen right away because I was a contractor for Interview Connections. I became the first employee of the business in 2017. And actually, when my now business partner asked me to be the first employee, I was like smiling, like, okay, thank you. Yeah. And then I went home and I called my best friend and I cried my eyes out because mm-hmm. I didn't want to be an employee. And it felt like a step back from being a contractor. I thought I was giving up my freedom, mm-hmm. but it also felt like like the next step. And I didn't know why, but I went with it, even though it, it, it seemed counterintuitive. And then a year later, I became 50% co-owner of the business after really putting everything I had into the business, everything I had learned with the house clean and losing my dad, personal development I had done, really going all in on the business so that it felt like we were business partners even before I was partner. And then, you know, my one year review, my first one year review as an employee, we entered into a negotiation and she was like, she knew I was an entrepreneur, not an employee. So it was like, we could either, I could start a different business and we could go our separate ways or we could partner and scale this business together. And that's what we ended up doing. And it's been incredible. But if you told me or anyone that I was going to go from being a $15 an hour contractor living below the poverty line in Colorado in my sweatpants in 2016 to owning 50% of a million dollar business by 2018, 2019, that, that doesn't make any sense. Like no, no one would say that you could do that, but, but possibilities really are limitless. See, that's the coolest thing that that's the coolest thing is that you saw what was possible. And there's something that inside of you said, this is the move. This is yeah. the move that you have to know. So you mentioned you mentioned inside of your information about importance of knowing your numbers. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit more about that because that has to that had to have played a part in all of this and in, in how you evolved into the business and said, you know what, this is okay. It's going to be okay. Look at the possibilities. Look at where we can go. Yes, I love math, basic math. I'm not a mathematician, but numbers are incredible because it can really feel like throwing spaghetti at a wall. If you're just like, I want to grow the business. Like I want to, so really I came in and was like, 
we could double this business and here's exactly how. This is the price of our packages. This is how much we'd have to increase the number of clients. And we started for the first time setting revenue goals, monthly revenue goals, yearly revenue goals, and knowing our numbers. Before then, the business had been younger and it was doing really well, but it was kind of a surprise every month. Like, what do we do? It wasn't like we're going for this number and every single day, multiple times a day, we're looking at where are we? Where are we going? What are we doing to move the needle? So that... That's the biggest thing for entrepreneurs. Really know your numbers every day, every month. What are you going for? What did you do? How close are you to closing the gap? And what's the plan? Because when you have a hard goal, and that's why I love numbers because it's a measurable goal, you will find all these creative scrappy ways to get there. Like You will surprise yourself, but you need the goal first. Absolutely. And I'm a, I'm right there with you. And that is the, that is the heart and soul of what I do with my coaching and consulting business is that you plan, you plan, you set targets, you make them uncomfortable. You look at, see what's working. This is where you are. Here are the new skills you need to develop. Here are the ones that you need to get rid of. Here's the mindset you have to go. And it's in all areas. Now, the other question that I had to you is, you know, is that I know, I know revenue goals are important. I know money goals are important. However, they're not necessarily always in your control because there's things that can happen. You know, you could have, you know, it could be a period of time where, you're, you know, you're just not hitting, you know, the, the right amount of people or the right type of person, whatever it might be. Did you have any other targets that you set inside of your, inside of your plans that weren't directly related to money, but more related to how many contacts we have or how many how many connections do we make or how many interviews do we have? Was anything like that or was it all revenue? So yes, we track all all types of things. Like in terms of our bookings, we track our agent's performance in terms of pitches that go out, bookings, we get a success percentage so we can see you know, if they need more bookings, is it a pace issue? Are they not sending out enough pitches? Is this a success issue? Do we need to go back to what those pitches say and tweak it to heighten that? So we use numbers all over the place. But I would say, I think taking control of revenue is really important because there's always a reason. I have found that it's never like, well, we did everything we can do and we just can't hit this number. There's always something. And if it's not in the strategy and the tactics, there's a mindset issue. And me and my partner, if we've done everything we can and it's not happening, there's a breakdown. And we did the landmark forum. We did the full curriculum together. So did our manager. It was incredible. It's sort of like the power of now come to life. Life in an immersive three-day seminar, which yeah. is why I loved it. And so we always, if if we're doing everything we can and something's not working, we stop and we check in. And it's like something's not complete. Like there's someone's having an issue somewhere that we need to get complete and create a new possibility. And we do that all the time. So if you're doing everything strategically and tactically and it's not working, it's mindset. Like there's it's always one of those things. So I believe that anyone can hit any goal as long as they're really looking at those things. I completely agree. Completely agree where you're coming from with it. And it's always good to have that, that, that numbers geek on the, on the team, right? Because, you know, and it, it's not just with business, it's in life as well. And what I found inside uh, the money talk with with families and with businesses is that there's always one or the other, right? It's it's either one of the spouses is a is a complete money geek and loves numbers, and the other one is just you know what <laughs> I don't really care. Just make sure everything's 
taken care of and paid and moving forward. <laughs> so um, let's talk about, I know you, you focus specifically on entrepreneurs uh, coming on and, and leveraging the podcast interviews to grow their business. Is there a specific type of entrepreneur? Is there a specific, how did you come down to your niche market? And that was one of the things that I know for an entrepreneur, when you, when you get into marketing, you get into advertising, you get into communicating a message, they always talk about finding that niche market, finding that, finding that little pocket that you can talk to. How did you get there? That's a great question. That's definitely evolved over time. My partner founded the business and founded this entire industry in 2013. So that has shifted a lot every single year and evolved. And now we are very crystal clear on who we work with. We it down to where they are in a range at their revenue, um, how long they've been in business, all that stuff. So we work with people who are multi six figure or above in yearly revenue, which is not to say that people below that can't leverage podcasts, but the strategy that we use with our clients, you need to have not be brand new and be kind of out of cash flow mode so that you're thinking long term about your brand and your brand strategy. Because in the beginning, below that level, you just need to close sales. Like you just need to hustle and close sales, and that's good. That's what you should be doing. That's that's not really what podcast interviews are about. This is a long-term strategy. You need to really have a long-term view and outlook on the strategy. So that's why we find that sweet spot of multi-six-figure and above. The majority of our clients are seven- and eight-figure entrepreneurs. And we primarily work with entrepreneurs who are service-based and can serve clients virtually. It's not 100%. There are exceptions to this. But that is a really easy, no-brainer market for podcast interviews. Because if you can work with clients virtually, you're a service provider, and your average client is worth multiple thousands, then the investment in these interviews is incredible. It's a total no-brainer on the ROI because for those high-ticket services, people need to really get to know you on a deep level. And podcast interviews let them do that in a way that really nothing else does. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, there's there's even there's a lot of science to it because you're so close to the you're so close to the mind, you're in their ears, all the frequency, the vibrations and all that kind of stuff. And to me there's no better time to get into somebody's ears than right now. And that's where I saw you guys is that you know, I had no idea who you were, what you were, but again, I saw you on social media and something resonated and it said, you know what, let's take a look. Let's take a look at, see what they do. So now is there's no better time, in my opinion, to, to take a look at how can I leverage my business? So how should entrepreneurs be leveraging their podcast interviews to grow their business, especially in this time? There, you're absolutely right. There has never been a better time because podcast interviews are a virtual speaking and high-end networking opportunity. And we all need that right now because the in-person speaking and in-person networking has been canceled and people are hungry for leadership. Your target audience needs you. So the best thing I would say is to get started, especially now. Get started now. Take advantage of this time when people are home for a few months and they're really seeking out learning through podcasts. Like you, you have, no pun intended, a captive audience right now. And there is a leadership vacuum right now because a lot of strong entrepreneurs have taken a step back. And really, it's our responsibility to step 
forward and serve and lead so that it doesn't just turn into panic so that there really are people who are out there making sure people know that they still have options. They can still be strong. They can still make different choices. And really there's a responsibility because if you think of Tony, the impact that the power of now had on us, like that changed our lives a hundred percent. Everyone we impact since we read that book is a result of that. And that is the impact you can have on your target audience by getting out there on podcasts. You really will. There will be people who will hear you and it will change their life and it will change the course of their family's life. And there's such a ripple effect there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And that's, you know, that's some of the, the biggest frustration sitting, sitting in the seat saying, you know how much it can transform people, you know what you can do and you know the impact that it has and your business has on other people. It's really just, it's really getting there and getting out to the masses is the hardest part. Even though we have so much technology about, you know, at our fingertips, it's so hard to break through all the noise that's happening for somebody to even stop and say, even stop and look and be aware enough to say, maybe I should take a look. Maybe I should take a listen. Maybe there is something different. Maybe there is a new possibility. Maybe this isn't the way, you know, so. What you guys do and in, in your business does is, is absolutely incredible. Next question thing that I wanted to talk about was, you know, when you have your, you know, you have entrepreneurs coming to you, they're coming to you for a very specific reason, right? I know you market to a specific type, but they're the entrepreneur who clicks on your stuff and engages. They have, what are they after? What are they, what is the biggest thing that they're after? That's a good question. I would say it's a split between thought leadership and brand awareness and just generating leads and clients. And usually both. Um, We do have people come in with different things. Obviously, before what was going on right now, we have a lot of clients who leverage podcast interviews to get um, in-person speaking engagements. Um, But I would say the biggest thing for those service-based entrepreneurs is their thought leadership and getting those incredible leads who already know, like, and trust them. They've already listened to them for 30 minutes or more before they come into a sales call with their team. So just those types of high quality relationships and and clients. Is there, is there any specific business? I know you said the service-based entrepreneur who can, who can do some form of a service virtually. Is there any other specific type of business that can really benefit from what you, what you do? We work with a lot of coaches and consultants. Um, We also have a lot of like investment, real estate. So we have a few different niches, but coaches and consultants probably make up the bulk of our clients. And that's really because, as you know, it's an incredibly personal decision who you want to work with. And there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of coaches and consultants out there who really do not have the experience. And if you just compare people's marketing, it's very hard to tell who is the real deal and who is you know, all sizzle, but no steak behind it. Mm -hmm. And podcast guesting is a way for people to really hear who you are, the steak behind your sizzle. And that's what you need to choose someone that you're going to coach or consult with. Gotcha. Yeah, that's absolutely. There is, there is a lot there in um, learning this and it's not that I was naive around it, but there are, there are a lot out there. Uh, Their marketing's beautiful. They get great pieces, but at the end of the day, can they deliver the result and right. can they make that connection? And that's, that's one of the biggest things that, 
you know, I know from from a personal standpoint, and when I ask myself, why would I ha- why would I even hire a coach? Why would I hire a coach? And a lot of the one of the biggest things that I found is that even with myself is that that human connection, even though we have social media, we have all that stuff. It's not the same as having a personal connection and feeling that 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 sense of accomplishment and that fence, uh, that sense of connection with somebody. That's a basic human need that I think has gone completely out the window. And so, I mean, that's that's one of the things that I have found is that you know the podcast can can bring you that personal level uh, and get to get to know the person on a, on a on a human level because at the end of the day we're all the same, right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. People are so hungry for true connection and intimacy, even before everything happened and we were in quarantine and now even more so. Mm-hmm. And podcast interviews are one of those ways that you really do have scalable intimacy. Like we all know if we listen to podcasts, like how connected you are with those hosts and those guests, you feel like it's funny because they don't know you, but you feel like you they're your friend. You know them so well. And that type of connection is, is so powerful. Awesome. So somebody who comes on board, you know, I know podcast and just like coaching, just like any other business podcast, there's thousands of them out there, right? Mm -hmm. So somebody comes into you and somebody comes in and starts working with you as an entrepreneur and they want to be a podcast guest and they come on in your agency type of mindset do they have to have to have to, to know just even to, to begin to be a podcast guest. I love that you asked about mindset because it really is all mindset. It's like, you know, bring them in with what they want, but give them what they need. And we have so much tactical strategy about how to be a good guest and the things you can do and the steps you can take. And that's all really important. But mindset to me is the most important part of success with this strategy, because this is virtual high-end networking. And the mindset you go into when you connect with another person is what determines if it's going to have a positive effect on you and them and on your business 100%. You could pay a ton of money to go to a great in-person networking event, but if you go in with a bad mindset, you're in a terrible mood, you're not going to connect with anyone and you're going to be like, well, I didn't see any ROI from that. And it's like, well, how did you go into it? So the biggest mindset is going into it to serve. When we have clients who come in and they're really focused, I mean, obviously you, you're going to get an ROI for yourself. You're going to get clients and all of that. But when you go into every interview, it has to be to serve their audience. It has to be more than anything else. And that's how you're going to really have a good, real connection and relationship with the host with their audience. So that mindset of really, what can I give? How can I serve? And a mindset of commitment, not like, okay, I'm going to dabble. I'm going to do a few interviews, but if I don't see a huge ROI, the strategy doesn't work. This is a long-term strategy where you're committing. I'm going to do four interviews a month for a year, two years, three years. When you have a long-term commitment and a mindset to serve and really connect, you will see really magic, like stuff happens that we could not have possibly predicted for our clients who go in with this mindset. And it's, it's magic. It's stuff that we would never have guaranteed them, you know, like when they signed up, because it's just crazy. One of our clients went in, he did a show that he wouldn't normally do because the host was a competitor, Mm -hmm. but he, he felt good about it. He trusted us. He went on, they had an incredible conversation and really connected with each other. And then that host came back and said, 
I loved your conversation with me so much. And he invited him to do an in-person talk at YouTube headquarters. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's, you just, we couldn't promise that as an ROI, but the magic, when you go into it with that mindset, it really is limitless. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And you know, the mindset, like you said, is, is, is the hardest part because we're in such an instant gratification world and it's not that way. None of it works that way. There's, there's time, there's a gestational period. There's, there's all these things that have to manifest and I'm living proof of that is that same thing is it, but you have to start somewhere and the mindset and the philosophy from that I have always followed and have tried to follow over the last few years is that, you know what, you're one interview away from blowing your entire business out of the water and you don't know when yeah. it's going to happen, right. right? But you have to be willing, you have to be willing to go in and just continue to stay consistent with it. Mm-hmm. You made a good. You made a really good point that I want to. I want to talk about before we end this thing, is going on and and having that mindset of serving, not hiding any information, not being and being willing to give up as much as you possibly can inside of the inside of the interview, or whatever you're doing when you're talking to somebody, so you're not hiding anything. But secondly, the mindset of going on to somebody's show that does the same thing you do. How do you overcome that stuff? Yes. So definitely I love giving without holding things back. I think there's a big lack mentality when people are like, well, you have to buy my course to find out this, like, because they're not a commercial, it's an opportunity to give value. And if your target audience can take something actionable that you said in the interview and get a result, they're going to think, wow, what could I get from actually paying you and working with you if I'm already getting so much from your free content? So having that mindset of abundance and not having a lack mentality is, is so important. Um, so I, yeah, I really think that's, that's the key and going on a competitor show. I honestly love this. And again, that comes back to not having a lack mentality because there are enough clients for you and that competitor and about a million other competitors. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of being a service based entrepreneur is that people who want you want you their personality resonates with you. What they need is your expertise. You know, we have worked with multiple mentors and everybody, if you don't have a mentor or a business coach, please get one because it's, it's like the, the biggest thing besides personal development you can do to succeed in your business. And we've changed our mentor based on where the business was. You know, we needed a lot of great positioning and marketing. So we worked with an incredible mentor who's an expert in that. Then we needed really tactical strategy for scaling a team. And then we moved on to a mentor who does that, who's an expert in team building and really the step-by-step of that. So there is no competition because you're going to be perfect for someone based on your personalities and where they are and what they need. So you, you never have to worry about that. And connecting with competitors is, is great. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's how you learn. That's how you grow and that's Mm -hmm. how you scale. And that's, you know, that's amazing. And I want to end this way is this has been fantastic because you have brought us from the deepest, darkest place of your life to where you are today and you have a thriving business in with your interview connections. There's no bigger and better time for this right now. Uh, and your clients and your entrepreneurs, they, they need you and they're looking for you. Um, 
So let's end with this. For the listeners, what are three things that they could take away from this show listening to you on how they could grow and scale their business inside of these times with the voice of their story, their connection, using their just using the technology that's available to, in this time to grow and scale? So the first thing I would say is your mindset and really looking at what's happening versus your story about what's happening and whether it's good or bad and just starting to be mindful and differentiate between those two things of what's actually reality of what's happening and what's your story about it. So that would be a big one. Um, The second one I would say is having a mindset to serve. I think when people start to get scared, they start to close off. They start to have a scarcity mindset. They start to focus on me. What can I take for myself? And really being conscious of that and doing whatever it takes, whether it's a meditation, whether it's reading a book that will get you back out of fear and to giving because focusing on yourself will always be terrifying. If you're focusing on what you can, what you can give and how you can serve, it will open you back up. And that, that really is the root of courage. So that would be my, my second big recommendation. And then my third thing would be to get out there your target audience, the world, even if they're not your target audience, needs leadership right now. There are people who have a pain point that is making them feel hopeless and alone that you solve and you have a responsibility to get your voice out there so that they can learn about you and, and get what you do and, and benefit from it. Awesome. Great three, great three action items to take away from this. Last but not least, how do we find you and how can the entrepreneurs get in contact with you? Yes, absolutely. So our website is interviewconnections.com. And the best place to actually find us is we have a Facebook group, the Guest Expert Profit Lab. It is a free group. My business partner and I are in there all the time providing we do weekly live trainings. We're putting a ton of resources in there. So if you want to be part of a community of successful multi-six-figure and above entrepreneurs who are interested in leveraging the strategy or already leveraging the strategy, it's a great place to network and also get free resources on how you can do more with podcast interviews. And the best way is to text GROUP to 38470. And you can also search in Facebook for the Guest Expert Profit Lab. Super cool. Thanks for sharing all that. And I will make sure that everything is posted inside inside of the show notes so that listeners can go back and review this and listen to it multiple times and learn how to connect with you. Thanks for your time. I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Best wishes. Hang tight through this. You guys are going to thrive. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Tony. All right. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of Facing the Facts, the path to gaining control, accessing power, and ultimately creating a life of abundance. Are you an independent business owner or real estate professional who's ever felt like you're out on this island alone, going through this journey of life and business, and there's nobody else around you experiencing the same challenges and problems that you face every single day? Have you ever felt like you just needed somebody to talk to? Somebody who got it. Somebody who has experienced the same challenges that you face. Somebody who could bring some perspective into your world. Or maybe you're tired of trying to figure this game of life out alone and you want to talk to somebody about your specific challenges and how to break free of the chaos. I want to introduce to you high performance coaching for independent business owners and real estate professionals who want to unlock their life's purpose and passion access the power across all areas of life, including their health and their wellness, 
mindset and belief, relationships and family, and gain control of their money so that you can create a life of prosperity and abundance and ultimately reach financial freedom. Head over to the show notes to learn more about high-performance coaching. Stay tuned for next week's episode, and thanks again for joining me.